We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into a special edition here on The Vault. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined by my partner and co-host, Sarah Ellison. And Sarah, I wish, as we did earlier this week, we were meeting here spontaneously for celebratory reasons, right? After the announcement of the contract extension for Roquan Smith. But unfortunately, in, in this case, that is not the case. It's about Lamar Jackson, who gave us all a little bit more insight into the severity of his knee situation. We have not seen him since that December 4th game, of course, uh, the Denver game in week 13, and he's missed 17 straight practices. But after some information that he released tonight, clarity, transparency, it really all took center stage. Yeah, it's nice to get it. It's, it's nice to know what is going on. Lamar Jackson has let us know. He was very specific about what happened to his knee. It's very specific about, you know, where he's at. I mean, there's still some questions that remain, but yeah, let's just jump to it and see what he, he released tonight. So again, we're taping this on Thursday, the 12th, leading into the 2023 wildcard weekend. Ravens will be rematching with the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night primetime in Cincy. And here's the tweet that reads, thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries. I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and fans. I'm still hopeful. We still have a chance. That's from Lamar Jackson on Twitter earlier tonight on, on Thursday. Your immediate reaction? Yeah, well, I put out a couple of takeaways that I feel like we can get from this. Number one, he's made it abundantly clear for anybody that was still holding out hope. That hope was already erased for me, but he's made it clear that, yeah, he's not going to be playing Sunday. He wouldn't come out here and say, I wish I would be out there and I'm still hopeful we have a chance. I think it's pretty clear he is not going to be playing on Sunday. Um, the second takeaway I have from this is that knowing now that it's a grade two, borderline grade, grade three, and we'll explain the differences between grade one, two, and three, they are significant. To know that that's this serious, all that stupid speculation, and we knew it was stupid, we addressed it a few times to try to kill it, Bobby, 
about him being a slacker with treatment, about him, you know, not taking it seriously enough. That's just complete hogwash, which we always knew it was. This is a legitimate injury that is still uh, lingering. The fact that, you know, it's grade two or three, it makes now makes more sense that it's still swollen. We've heard multiple reports from different outlets that it was swollen. And again, we'll we'll get into a little bit about what that means in terms of the severity of it. But it was always a joke that Lamar Jackson, an MVP player and team first guy and a guy who loves this game was somehow a slacker. And then so the third one, the third takeaway that I take get from this and we can get into it more is his absence. What has felt like has been delayed, which we need to get to the bottom of all that, felt like it was debated delayed based off of reports that were out there originally saying it was one to three weeks. Uh, That was reports. You know, the team never said that uh, exactly. So because everybody, because of those initial reports, somebody, people thought, oh yeah, well, he's, you know, perhaps using this injury as a way to hold out for his contract, which I never quite understood that because if he was going to do that, you'd have to kind of be forthright doing that because then you'd have to say to Eric DaCosta, this is, what I'm doing. I need a contract. If you hide that, you're not really doing anything for your contracts. Like you either need to be forthright with it or not. Uh, but this makes it abundantly clear. He legitimately is not back because of this grade two or three injury. And then number four, that transparency is refreshing. And again, we'll talk more about why there hasn't been transparency, but, but it is refreshing to now know what is going on with his knee. And of course, most importantly, we just wish Lamar, well, we hope he gets well, not necessarily saying, not saying that so that he can be out there for the playoffs, although we all wish he could, but first and foremost, you just hope that he gets his knee right. You know, a lot of folks, Sarah, to your point that you just alluded to, were kind of wondering the differences between grade two and grade three. And I thought the Baltimore Suns, Jonas Schaefer did a good job at kind of spelling this out with some research that he had done on Twitter. And I pulled the graphic that he used. And so I'll just read it to you for, for those of us who, of course, are going to be listening to this in in audio only, uh, aside from YouTube. An injury to the PCL can cause mild to severe damage. Doctors classify PCL injuries in these groups, grade one, two, three, and four. I'll I'll read each one of them. Grade one, the PCL has a partial tear. Grade two, the ligament is partially torn and is looser than in grade one. Grade three, the ligament is completely torn and the knee becomes unstable. In grade four, the PCL is damaged along with another ligament in the knee. So he's somewhere, based on what he has now shared with us in an official tweet, he's somewhere between two and three. Now, I also, at the same time, want to pull up this from former pro football doctor David Chow, who we have cited before on the vault, who had this to say, extreme swelling approaching six weeks, which is now where we are, post-PCL, is where Lamar is, I should say, is unusual, Doc says. It would mean that a grade three PCL, and this was before, by the way, Lamar's tweet came out. Yeah. Doc says it would mean a grade three PCL or possibly associated cartilage injury, which would put a potential surgery on the table. As he says, contract-related or not, this is bad news. So it sure seems like, The piece that's been put out on Twitter by Lamar or his camp or whoever wrote that, maybe Lamar did himself. I'm not ruling that out. But it sure looks like these two sides, the the injury analysis here from a pro football doctor or former one, 
and the player sure looks like it's aligned. Yeah, I mean, Bobby, for, for, for it to be borderline grade three, that to me says that, okay, if it's not totally grade three, then it's not completely torn. But if it's borderline, it's close to being completely torn, right? That's, that's how I, I interpret that. And so, you know, and you, you do, you hear lots of online doctors just like David Chow saying, hey, if it's still swollen in week six, yeah, we're talking about possible get grade three. And now we're also talking about possible surgery because if this isn't healing on its own with rest and treatment, which is what initially seems to have been, they've been doing, then, then you know, that opens up the possibility for surgery, uh, which certainly is much more serious than we all originally thought. Yeah, and obviously that has implications for his future, his offseason, the rehab that would come with it, what it would mean for the 2023 fall season, or at least the beginning of it. All those are probably conversations for down the line. We all know that once the swelling comes down, decisions are going to be made. And until that happens, he's not even going to be remotely close to playing. And that's, I think, what he spelled out well in his tweet, Sarah. You're, we're going to... And I'm already seeing this, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, you've seen it on Twitter, I'm sure. There, uh, there's a lot of noise right now. And I think the bottom line is, regardless of whether or not we heard from Lamar before this game, for clarity purposes, you know, explanation purposes, whatever, he's not going to make everybody happy. And everybody's going to have their theories. And everybody's going to have their beliefs. But you know what? I know you and I are on the same page with this. And, and we choose to take Lamar by his word. Because... Yeah. Throughout his five years, he's coming, coming down to the wire of his fifth NFL season. And he plays the game, and he carries himself with integrity, respect. He commands respect. He's earned respect. And he's earned it, most importantly. He's, he's earned the trust of us, whether it's in the coverage aspect or within the fan base, of, of believing what he's saying in this tweet. So I can't, I can't tell you how um, – irked I am when I see things like immediately when folks within this fan base and I, I get you don't want to give too much of a voice to the vocal minority we're always very careful about that sometimes we do it it's natural right in content creation but it sure seems like there's quite a few folks that immediately jumped down his throat and, and immediately denied this and it's just like why why what context do you have besides speculation well, go a little bit deeper because I, as soon as this tweet went, you know, came out, I did my quick takeaways. Then I had to run out to do a couple of things. What, what do you mean they're denying what he's saying? Like which part of it? Well, they just, they immediately, they don't believe that it's, it's unrelated to the contract basically oh, what it comes down to. Gotcha. Everybody, gotcha. there's, there's a percentage of the fan base. And again, it's, it's, it's the vocal minority. It's the pessimists, yeah. right? And we shouldn't be giving them too much of a voice, so we won't go too much longer on this. Well, but it's but it's they, also not just them. That's the problem, is that it's like it, this type of stuff, it's, it's national media. You do not hear the Jeff Zrebeks of the world saying, oh, is this contract related? You don't hear the Baltimore Sun, Jonas Schaefer's of the world, oh, is this contract related? And, and, you know, the same people you're talking about that are denying it will just say, well, the local media is soft and they can believe that. But the fact of the matter is, is those are the guys that are in the building every single day. Those are the guys that are, are in the locker room. Those are the guys that have 
the pulse of this team better than anybody. Now, some of these national pundits, they might get one conversation here or there, and then they hold on to that. But it is, it's it's the national pundits of, on ESPN who need the clicks and need the ratings. It's the national pundits on Fox Sports. I mean, it goes on and on. It's those guys that definitely drive it. It's also the national pundits like the NBC Sports, PFT, that are upset that he doesn't have an agent, okay? And so they're the ones that push it, and they do not understand Lamar Jackson. They call Lamar Jackson a different cat. They say he's unique. They say he's one-on-one, one-of-one, both on the field and off the field, and that's true. But they don't understand him, and they can't control him like agents often can with players, or at least maybe not control, but but can definitely have influence. And so, and so, but you don't hear these respected guys that cover these guys day in and day out. Oh, is it contract related? All of them are saying this is injury related. They're talking to his teammates every day. They're in the locker room every day. They see Lamar, whether or not Lamar's at podium, they see Lamar because when they're in the locker room, Lamar will sometimes be in there or not. They're every day in there. It's only the national opponents that push it. And Lamar basically is saying, like, you, two things can't be true at once. You can't fight for Lamar and say, hey, he's not a slacker. He really is trying to get better. But then, and take him at his word for that. But then not take him at his word for saying, I wish I could be out there. I wish I could be out there. But it's swollen. My knee's unstable. So so it's like, it. all it is is twisting it all to fit a narrative. And, and. People from the beginning, these same national pundits or these same fans that you're talking about since training camp because he didn't come to some of the OTAs. They've been saying, oh, he'll hold out at training camp. No, he showed up. Oh, well, he'll hold in at training camp. No, he was there 100%. And he said, he tells people what he believes. I wouldn't do that to my teammates, and also I love this game too much. Now he's saying to you, I've got a grade two, borderline grade three, which means his his ligament is more than partially tore, but not totally torn off. But you don't want to believe the evidence that is right in front of your eyes. You prefer the juicy conspiracies. So go on with it. But I'm taking Lamar at his word 100%. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, this is also not to say that over the last few weeks, there haven't been questions that have gone unanswered, right? And you brought this to my attention uh, earlier today, and I think it, I think it's worth bringing up. Let's go back to a tweet of yours from earlier this month 
quoting Rich Eisen, who of course called the week 15 game for NFL Network. And, and you <laughs> tweeted the following of his quote. I don't know what's going on because when I spoke with the Ravens in week 15, they were saying, we're going to get Lamar. We're going to get Lamar back next week. He could have played now, but he doesn't want to play with a brace. He doesn't want to do this or that until he's a 100%. Well, you sent me this tweet earlier today as you scour Jeff Zarebeck's mentions, as we all should, because he's a walking encyclopedia for all things Ravens. But a fan asked him, hey, why didn't anybody go with the, the no knee brace storyline from, from Eisen? I mean, that's, that's pretty significant. Well, as you see here, Jeff said, I asked about that. Clearly, I asked a source within the, or at least we're, we're, we're assuming that it was a source within the organization. Uh, I asked about that, and I was told that it wasn't true. So as you and I were texting earlier today when you sent me that screenshot, something's not adding up here. So this isn't to say that there, there hasn't been some smoke screens involved here and, and some questions that have gone unanswered. No, that's definitely been the case. And they're going to have to be answered at some point this offseason, Sarah, right? When both of these guys for inevitably sure. talk, you know, for and that, sure. that there will be a time for that. So we're not saying that, you know, there has been mixed messaging from John Harbaugh. There's no question about that. But what we're getting at and what I think you just, you know, compellingly brought forth is that it's very clear at this point that you can throw the conspiracy theories aside, put the contract speculation to bed. He's not picking back up those negotiations until the offseason, something he promised last offseason, period. Yeah, there is definitely something that's not adding up because Rich Eisen is somebody who, you know, I trust. I don't think he's making up a conversation that he feels like he had with, with John Harbaugh. And at the same time, I definitely trust Jeff Zrebeck and his reporting. Um so this is something that doesn't add up and I can't come to a conclusion. I, I, it's just like, I don't agree with, I didn't agree with all the conspiracies about Lamar. I, I hate to go down the conspiracies here. And so questions will be asked now. I mean, for sure, for sure, the way that all of this has been communicated has been all over the place, all over the place. And while there is a space for sure that I still allow where, you know, John Harbett podium doesn't want to tell the opponent what's going to happen. Okay. I still allow space for that. But that being said, um, it seems abundantly clear to me that the Ravens either one didn't realize how severe this was, which is a problem. If they didn't know that it was this severe, that it's grade two or three and they thought it was grade one, which again, John Harbaugh can, can clear this all up. And I don't expect him to until the season's over, but I do expect him to when the season's over. I feel like he deserve he owes everybody an explanation. If he can't do it during the season because of, you know, opponents and all that kind of stuff. Okay. I can allow that grace, but then, but then answers are going to be needed as soon as the season's over. And he usually does a press, a regular Monday press conference as soon as the last game is over. And so, you know, he should, he should do that. Like what was going on internally? Did you not know it was this serious? Was there a setback? Like was, I mean, what, what happened? Were, were, did you think it was going to be between one and three weeks? Cause he never actually said that when he first came, he just said, it's not season ending. So, and again, you know, I, I, again, to me, it's to, certainly seems like 
They thought it wasn't season ending. So what happened? What happened? And then the second thing is, is like, when you did realize it was, you know, more serious, did you not say it just because of opponents? Or number two, because either John Harbaugh or Lamar himself, not that I'm saying this is on Lamar to have to do it, but if Lamar wanted this out there, he could have tweeted it weeks ago, right? And so, um, and again, I'm not saying that he should have or needed to or whatever. I mean, he can, this is his information to, to give. And I don't know how much for HIPAA reasons, like John Harbaugh didn't, won't get into the details of, of um, uh, Brennan Stevens' illness, right? He doesn't get into all that kind of stuff. So I don't know it, how deep he can get into it, but either John Harbaugh or Lamar could have put this out sooner, but they didn't. So was John maybe holding back because Lamar wasn't ready? Was he holding back because of opponents? Was he holding back because he didn't know? I mean, there's lots of different scenarios or reasons behind it uh, that are that possible reasons that could be behind it. And I don't want to pick one without more evidence of one way or the other. I think that's totally fair. And I think that's a good place to stop because we're going to be revisiting this I'm sure many more times, especially if the season ends this Sunday, which Vegas thinks the season's ending. All the national pundits thinks the season ending. And um, if you've listened to our game preview, unfortunately, you and I do as well, speaking to our predictions. But, uh, man, lots of negative energy around this right now. But the bottom line is, boy, they go out on Sunday under the primetime lights in Cincy, Sarah, and shock the world and – there's a few different narratives running the town for the next Ravens week, have think. nothing to lose. Ravens yeah, have what? nothing to lose this weekend. Just go out with your hair on fire. Nobody believes in you. Nobody thinks you can do it. Like the, the, the Bengals are basically saying they can't wait to send you home. Not basically saying one of the players did say it. Like people are saying that you're going to be de decimated. We'll get into that in the morning vault. Gronkowski saying they're going to be decimated by Joe Burrow and referring to that linebacker with Roquan Smith, Ravens have nothing to lose, nothing to lose. Nobody expects anything from them. So just go out, put everything on the line, and act like there's no tomorrow. Let's go. We'll stick a pin in it there. There has been no shortage of content here on The Vault this week. Uh, go back and check out the archives. We've got plenty for you heading into the weekend, of course. It's an 8:20 kickoff on Sunday Night Football, Bengals and Ravens rematch 3.0. They've already met, of course, twice in the regular season. Uh, this time, it's in Cincy, back-to-back -back weeks, of course. In the archives, you'll find our official game preview. We had on the Athletics, Jay Morrison, to talk a little bit about his piece that kind of kick-started this whole controversy this week about the Ravens' alleged dirty and cheap play. That was a really interesting conversation. Uh, we, we've heard from, gosh, how about the take from Jim Trotter earlier this week, a longtime NFL reporter, uh, kind of shared a conversation he had back in Lamar's rookie year that I think gave, you know, uh, shed some light in, into this whole situation and, and so much else. If you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the channel. It allows us to continue bringing you daily content on all things Baltimore Ravens. And uh, please try and spread the word for us. You can email us at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. We will next be in action again Friday morning with a, a morning vault that's going to be all about Roquan Smith and the way that he negotiated his record-setting deal, which is pretty fascinating. It's, of course, 
We'll also expand on this Lamar conversation and plenty more. Um, gosh, am I forgetting anything? No, we put out a ton of content. A ton of content. I know. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, we know it's being consumed. So that's the good news. We, we can see that. So that's the good news. That keeps us going. That keeps us going. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, the next time you'll hear from us after Friday's morning vault will be uh, instant reaction time late Sunday night. Probably more like early, technically, Monday morning uh, after Bengals Ravens finishes up. So for Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this instant reaction episode here on The Vault. If you have 30 seconds, we would love for you to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and go ahead and like the video if they haven't done that yet as well on YouTube.